Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Aquite, NCOIC of the NCO Journal. Today, we discuss the article, Operation Barbarossa, A Lesson in Hubris and Strategy, with Master Sergeant Philip Fenrick, a student at the U.S. Army Sergeant's Major Academy. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, before we kick things off, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, like you said, my name is Master Sergeant Philip Fenrick. Um, I'm currently a student at uh, Sergeant Major's Academy, Class 72. Uh, got a couple weeks left before we graduate, uh, but prior to uh, coming to the Academy, I was with the Asymmetric Warf- Warfare Group uh, for three years, and uh, I served in a various couple uh, positions there where I served as an operations uh, NCO for Baker Squadron, uh, then as a Troop Sergeant Major within the Leadership Development Troop, and then prior to uh, AWG, I was with the 1st of the 501st up in uh, Jay Bear, Alaska, where I was a platoon sergeant, and then uh, a first sergeant for you know rifle company, a heavy weapons company, and then a headquarters company. Uh, and then obviously you know, various other experiences prior to that uh, with uh, you know, being an RI down at uh, 6 RTB, and then uh, you know up at uh, 10th Mountain at Fort Drum, and uh, you know team leader, squad leader, uh, so on and so forth. Okay, uh, thank you for that. Let, let's jump right in. Can you please give us a, a brief description of, of your article, what your article is about? Uh, yeah, absolutely, sir. So the, the, the article is obviously about Operation Barbarossa, uh, which is you know Germany's invasion of the Soviet Union in 1941. So it's not just about a history lesson. Uh, I'm using joint doctrine, uh, specifically from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you know, JP50 uh, on operations. Uh, to discuss, you know, how certain things like center of gravity, arranging operations, and operational reach, you know, led to Germany's failure during that operation, and trying to tie that, you know, to examples from from Napoleon, and then you can, you know, even, you know, like we were speaking about earlier, is just how it ties back into modern times, you know, with what's going on inside Ukraine and Russia. So it's not just something that, you know, happened, you know, in the past, you know, in 1941 and then in 1812 with Napoleon, uh, it's, it's you know, lessons that can be learned and uh, operational art and design is still relevant and applicable uh, inside, you know, today's military operations as well. And it's not just for, you know, joint strategic planners, uh, that it, it actually can be deduced and used uh, for, for, you know, tactical level uh, operations as well. What exactly was it that inspired you to write this article, to write on this specific subject? So this specific, I, I'm fascinated with Operation Barbarossa, first of all, and most of my professors, if you ask them, I, I use this example a lot throughout the academy. Um, so, so, you know, I, I love history. I, I, I'm particularly drawn to this operation. Uh, more so than, you know, and I'd say close behind that would be, you know, Operation Overlord, you know, D-Day. But, uh, you know, this was obviously a, a requirement to, to write this paper, but it kind of morphed into more uh, as one of my professors, you know, challenged me to, to turn this into an article. So, so what turned out as an assignment, you know, for, for you know, a requirement uh, turned into, you know, a challenge to produce this into an article and, and, and for submission to kind of tell not just like 
you know, about doctrine, but you know, to hear it from that NCO perspective uh, and and try to relate it to something that that's going on and is relevant right now. That leads to my next question here, and and you just brought it up here about Ukraine. That's something that's happening now. It's something that's uh, that's relevant to to all of us. Can you draw any parallels between Operation Barbarossa and what's happening in Ukraine? Yeah, absolutely, sir. So uh, Mark Twain said that, uh, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And, uh, you know, I allude to in, in the opening, you know, talked about Napoleon's failed invasion in, in 1812. So Napoleon tried to invade, you know, Russia back in 1812, and it, and it didn't work well for him. And uh, the similarities between Napoleon and Hitler uh, are, are quite astounding and eerily similar uh, in the fact that they, they invaded in the same month, and I think they were separated by two days. Uh, so June, I think, 21st for Operation Barbarossa, and I want to say uh, June 23rd or 24th for Napoleon. And both of their operations lasted six months before uh, they both suffered, uh, you know, pretty significant defeats. Uh, by the hands of Russian forces just outside uh, Moscow, and, and Napoleon actually made it into Moscow. But um, the things that that they encountered, you know, lack of planning, lack of logistics, uh, vanity, hubris, uh, all played into um, their failed strategy. And you're seeing that play out now, you know, as Russia, well, we're on day 70, I believe, of the Russia-Ukraine conflict and what was templated by many experts, you know, in the West and the East to, to be 72 hours tops. And, and, you know, here we are on day 70 with uh, Russia, which we consider, you know, peer near peer threat is, is, is having a heck of a time, you know, in Ukraine, um, you know, just taking, uh, you know, just ground, holding the city, uh, against a force that many didn't think would uh, pose much of a threat at all. Let's let's kind of bring it bring it to home to the NCO core here. W- what significance is this conflict that's happening right now? Uh, we're kind of edging away a little bit from your your article, but what significance does the conflict between Ukraine and Russia right now? Uh, how is that significant to the NCO core to NCOs in general? Well, I mean, it's obviously relevant. You know, we, we have a we have a bunch of soldiers that are in Europe that are going to Europe. Um, you know, whether they're stationed there, they're going to PCS there, or they're just doing training exercises there. So, so obviously, being being familiar with what's happening right now is obviously important just for you know, strategic implications. And and you know, uh, I'm hoping that we don't, but you never know. We 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 might find ourselves over there helping helping out. So we need to be aware of the situation, what's going on, what's working, what's not working, um, and understanding the tactics at play, uh, both at the tactical level and the strategic level, and understanding where where we fit in as an NCO Corps and what we can do to facilitate, uh, to ensure that this doesn't happen for our own operations, because it, it very well could have happened to us. You know, we, you know, we could have overestimated, you know, an enemy and uh you know been been caught out there too so it's 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 something that we need to be aware of uh of our strengths and weaknesses and ensuring that you know we're not exploited uh as as we kind of watch this situation unfold so you know maneuver folks always like to talk about you know actions on the objective and how we're going to do this and that but but we like what we kind of forget about is how do we get to the fight how do we sustain that fight uh, so, so understanding, you know, our, our sustain, you know, sustainment brothers and sisters that, that make that happen for us, I think is something that, 
you know, understanding our role, you know, especially in large scale combat operations, you know, in, in a multi-domain environment, uh, it's not going to be like, hey, we can go back to the FOB, you know, get all this stuff that we need if we didn't bring it with us. Uh, it, it, it's going to, you know, if we didn't bring it, we're going to have to figure it out on the fly and, and being adaptive. So I, I think this situation that's going on in Ukraine and Russia, it, between Ukraine and Russia offers so many lessons to be learned. Uh, bringing it back to your article here, one, uh, the the uh, historical aspect uh, of of what you of Operation Barbarossa. There's always lessons learned, lessons to be learned from the past. Uh, why do you think it's important to use lessons learned historically to better prepare for the next battle, uh, specifically, you know, for NCOs? Well, you know, I think the you know the simplest and most logical reason, you know, is is just so we don't repeat, you know, or imitate the same costly mistakes, you know, and the, because as we, you know, it's like again, I don't mean to keep harping back, but large scale combat operations, you know, the impacts are going to be that much greater, in you know, when we're we're going against you know peer near peer threats. So we need to be prepared, um, you know, tactically strategically, you know, operationally for, for all these these instances that we may encounter. And if we're not aware, uh, again, about our own strengths and weaknesses, you know, our how we how we like to fight versus how the enemy likes to fight, uh, then, then, you know, if we're just going to assume that, you know, because we're America and we always win, uh, then that attitude is going to get us into trouble if, if we're not taking things seriously. And again, if we're going to underestimate the enemy that that's the wrong way to approach any any type of conflict so being aware of of you know what's happening and kind of looking at and assessing ourselves right and being honest with with ourselves and our formations you know where do we stand you know fundamentally speaking you know because again you know this is joint level strategic stuff that we're kind of talking about in the article but but yet it's important to understand that soldiers at the ground level play an important part in this and and what is that part that they play and are they ready uh, to take that fight to the enemy w- when the time comes you you did mention you know the deducing this information and using it at the tactical level and i guess that's one of the questions that i have is how do ncos take this information or or their understanding of operational art and design and use it at that technical level. No, and that, and that's a fair question. That's something I kind of struggled with too. Is, you know, as I was learning this, I'm like, man, this is this is way above me. I'll never use this. It it doesn't make sense. You know, I'm I'm just a master sergeant, you know, trying to be you know sergeant major in the near future. You know, at the at the battalion level. So you know, how how can I use this? You know, however, you know, as I as I learned this, wrote this article, and and switched over departments into army operations dealing with army design methodology and the MDMP process, you, you know, the concept may seem large, but but really at the at the grassroots level, uh, it's pretty simple, you know, and, and I, I think using Operation Overlord, you know, is, is a decent example to use, uh, you know, and again, I know it's not Barbarossa, but but think about D-Day and, and the, the massive amount of people that that involved and the planning that it undertook, but at the end of the day, when everything you know kind of just went awry, you know, you had little groups of paratroopers, you know, LGOPs, you know, all around accomplishing the the mission and objectives because they understood, you know, the mission, they understood the commander's intent, 
And even though they were spread all over the place, not with their organic units, they were still able to accomplish mission and, and, and secure you know, the beachhead and move into uh, you know, France and, and obviously ultimately to Germany. So, but it all started with, with the planning process, right? The, the concept uh, of, of D-Day, right? And, and, and it attributed down to the soldier level. So while soldiers might not understand exactly what operational art and design is, they're absolutely executing it. And, and if they can understand a little bit of the why behind it, I think that goes a long way, you know, into shared understanding, you know, which is one of the principles of mission command. And, you know, I don't need soldiers to be doctrine experts, but again, understanding the why behind it, I think is really important because if, if I can communicate the why, then a soldier understands how important they are and what they are doing to the mission is. Uh, and that's kind of how I would relate and explain it to an NCO that, you know, at the tactical level, you know, battalion and below, if they were going to ask me, you know, hey, sir, why? Why would I need to know this? And, and I would kind of <laughs> answer the question back with, hey, you know, knowing why is, is, is the power. Can you talk about how Hitler and Napoleon's hubris led directly to defeat? Can you talk about hubris from an NCO perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll start with uh, the first part and then and transition over to to uh, the NCO Corps. Um, so I think most of us know, or you know, historians will show and portray you know Napoleon and Hitler, you know, as as you know, very vain. Um, you know, and I like the term hubris. You know, just it just I think it describes both of them very well. You know, excessive pride you know, or self-confidence, right? So there's nothing wrong with having pride and being self-confident, but but they take it to the next level. And there's a couple of things that both of them did, you know, and again, very similar in, in nature. Uh, and I think some of the things that emboldened them uh, to transition to the East and move into Russia or the Soviet Union is their success in Western Europe. Uh, you know, Napoleon had massive success over there and obviously Hitler did as well. And, and, you know, their tactics, techniques, and success, I think, only emboldened them uh, and, and when they turned to the East. You know, kind of the same thing, you know, Russia thought about Ukraine. It's like, hey, I will, I'll just march right into Russia or the Soviet Union. It's going to take me six to eight weeks, and I'll show them who's who and what's what. And, uh, you know, we're going to be victorious. The no, and there was no doubt about it. Like there was no question in Napoleon's mind or in Hitler's mind that they were going to be successful. Um, but and, and as we know, things did not go well. They did not adjust course and they, you know, essentially sunk cost bias, you know, continued to, to pour energy, effort, resources and you know into the operation themselves to try to win even though i think in their mind they probably knew they were defeated but they just couldn't bring themselves to admit it because they were so prideful uh you know and so i think you know tying it back to you know you know the army and the nco corps right i mean that's just a lesson in humility you know and that ties back into leader requirements model under character you know, and I think if we're we're not careful, right? Because you know, I I do consider us, you know, the the best army in the world, and, and I think that we can do anything. I really do believe that. However, I also think that we need to be careful of how you know we we talk about it and approach things, right? You know, we can't just show up on game day, 
and expect others to fold because you know we're the United States Army. And I, I think that's the the mentality and the approach we need to take every single day is when we show up, you know, we put in our time at PT, we put in our time at training, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, we're 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 giving it our best. Um, you know, not only you know because it's the right thing to do, but but it's, it's what our soldiers need to see and it's what they deserve. Because if we're not preparing them now and and getting you know them in the right mindset. Uh, then then that could have disastrous effects down the road. So, you know, like I said, I'm all for being, you know, having pride in, in the Army and pride in the NCO Corps, but I, I think it's uh, important to remember, you know, you're only as good as your last fight, and, uh, you, you know, you've got to constantly strive to improve. That, that kind of leads to the one of the things that we discussed a little before we started talking here, and that was... Uh, as a as a leader as in a subor- and also as a subordinate what do you do when you do detect something like that uh, like a hubris or something like hubris in either a leader or a subordinate well i mean that's a i mean i think there's a couple ways you can probably approach that right and um, you know i think most of us would probably address that head on and 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 talk to that individual and 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 be like you know, define what hubris is, um, you know, talk about pride, arrogance, and then, you know, bring it back home to the LRM and, you know, character, humility, why it's important to be humble, um, so on and so forth. Or, you know, you could let that, you put that person in a position, and again, where nobody's going to get hurt or anything like that during training or whatever, and, and let that individual fail. And then afterwards explain like, hey, you know, why do you think you failed? And well, here's here's what I think and why you failed and have that discussion. And, and you know, sometimes we learn more uh, from failure uh, than we do from success or somebody just talking to us. So I, th- I think there's a couple ways that you could handle that as a leader. And, and it really just depends on your style and your approach. You know, how much time do you have? What's your experience level? So, but I, I think, you know, ultimately you've got to be able to tie it back to, you know, ADP 622, you, you know, the leadership doctrine and, and, and the LRM, you, you know, I think there's so much in 622 and in the FMs, you know, you've got rubrics, you get, you know, to development models, right? All these things that you can show them. So it's not just your opinion. So they're like, well, Sergeant doesn't like me, you know, I'm confident, I'm not cocky, you know, and you've got to be able to define those things and explain it and, and then be able to bring them back onto the team and get them moving in the right direction. Yeah, and also when it, when it comes to leadership, uh, I mean Napoleon had people advising him to that you know, what he should do, what he shouldn't do, or giving him advice as to you know the a, a, a good way to move forward. And he obviously uh, disregarded some of that advice. And there's only so much you can do, I guess, as a subordinate. So I guess there's really not much we can we can really talk about in that regard, other than um, you know having leaders who are who are well educated and and, and can. Uh, look inside themselves and know that, you know, that these is, these are some character flaws that they have and that they can uh, acknowledge and move past them. No, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. But, and I think that's the, that's what I love about the NCO Corps, um, you know, is that, you know, officers do look to us for advice. Like that's one of our, one of our core responsibilities of what we do is, you know, we advise officers, um, you know, whether it's a, you know, Sergeant First Class advising a PL, 
you know, or Sergeant Major advising, you know, uh, the, the Colonel or, or whatever, even, you know, even general, everyone's got an NCO counterpart is what I'm trying to say. And if, if we're not willing to be honest with our officer counterparts, then I think, you know, not only are we doing them a disservice, but we're, we're doing all the soldiers that are underneath them a disservice. So I think that's just one of the things that we have to do you know, as a as an insecure and just be able to approach them, you know, tactfully, of course, um, but but just let them know how it is. I think that's what they want from us. And if we're not willing to, you know, shoot it straight and we're going to sugarcoat it, uh, then I think that's a failure on our part. What what can NCOs, a young NCO, say a freshly pinned on sergeant? What what can he take out of uh, to get uh, take away from this article? Well, you know. For, for young NCOs, I, I think there's a few things that they can take away from this article if they want to, right? You know, first, I, I think just being aware of military history, you know, and how militaries used to fight and how far we've come, you know, and, and to, to be appreciative of, you know, the art and the science and, you know, everything that went into, you know, warfare from, you know, trading volleys to trench warfare to where we are now. I think it's important to understand and appreciate that. So I think it's just, you know, a lesson in history is, is something they can learn first and foremost uh, and be able to kind of look at some of those things of what they used to do and what we do now. Uh, secondly, you know, I think the importance of education, right, and understanding doctrine. Um, too often, I, I think, you know, we are, we are dependent upon officers to tell us what things mean when we have the manuals and the doctrine and the regulations all in front of us, we just we just have to open it and be willing to read it and educate ourselves. And I know that that is easy for me to say because I'm currently a student, you know, but I, I do remember, you, you know, being online and I was busy all the time. But but yet I look back and I wish that I had understood doctrinally what I was doing and why I was doing it. So, so I think the second thing that they can take away is, is just understanding doctrine, because there's going to be some terms in there that I think people don't understand, um, you know, really what it is and what it means, but, but they've got to be able to, because that, that's how we communicate as an army. So we have to understand our own doctrine. So I would say, I would, you know, encourage people to, to continue education uh, and to understand doctrine, you know, and then lastly, you know, I think, you know, understanding that, you know, yes, it is, you know, joint doctrine, but but the army has its own version that's, you know, that comes from it. And and if they know the answers, you know, they can be value added during the planning process. And, and, and again, whether we're talking about planning for training or planning for missions, you, you know, if they know what's going on doctrinally and they understand why, they can be so much more value added to the planning process uh, to ensure that our that our officer counterparts are putting forth a solid plan that that not only makes sense but will be successful and and reduce risk what opportunities are out there for those looking to learn more about operational art and design those young ncos or those ncos becoming senior ncos that they can um, look for to learn more about this well I, I think opportunities are everywhere i really do um you know technology is placed you know, information at, at literally at our fingertips. So I, I really think it's just about taking advantage of opportunities to, you know, look at this, you know, study it, 
and and apply it. And again, I understand hey, doctrine is not the most fun thing to read. You know, I, I get it. And it's sometimes it's difficult to understand. And if you don't have somebody else around you that, that can help break it down, that can be a little frustrating and, and maybe intimidating. So, but but that's not an excuse, you know, but there's so many other things out there. You know, there's podcasts, there's TED Talks, YouTube videos that, that do an excellent job breaking this stuff down to the user level. Uh, you know, and, and I, you know, my, in my attempt to understand these things, you know, I, I was constantly looking to the web, you know, for YouTube videos and, and anything I could find uh, to help me understand it better. So I, I think opportunities are everywhere. You just have to be willing uh, to put in the time and the effort uh, to 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 learn it, study it, and apply it. And and, and I think it does have application to to your daily routine because not everything has to be strategic, you know. Because again, most of us don't operate at that level. But but if you're not willing to study and understand it, then you you'll never know how to uh, it can benefit you at at your level. Yeah, I think uh, one of my previous units actually had classes on operational art and design and going through examples with some of the younger NCOs. So there is a lot of that. And then it's also reaching out to senior NCOs within your organization. How did your experience while assigned to the AWG help or give you insight when writing this article or when you were learning about all this? Well, you know, my time at AWG, uh, you know, was extremely uh, rewarding uh, and a humbling experience. Um, you know, I came off being a first sergeant, and I and I had learned a lot of great things, you know, about doctrine as a first sergeant. But but it was so limited in scope to what I was doing, you know. Obviously, you know, at the at the company battalion level, and 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 really maybe a touch at the brigade, right? So I'd say, you know tactical to a little bit of the operational level, but, you know, primarily speaking, you know, infantry operations, airborne operations was the scope of it. And I knew, and, you know, and I think I knew it pretty well, but when I, when I came to AWG, I mean, it was a whole, my aperture was opened all the way, you know, because now we're looking at things from, you know, tactical level problems, you know, all the way up to strategic issues, national, uh, and, and then obviously, you know, uh, things going on, you know, worldwide with our coalition partners, you know, so, I mean, just a, just a vast opportunity to see how the Army works and runs and how, and what is our role, you know, within the DOD and then across the world, you know, you know, and you know, specifically looking at stuff going on in Europe, in the Pacific. So I really think just, just the, the big picture is is what I think AWG really helped me kind of see. And then obviously, you know, the the you know truly outstanding caliber of individuals that AWG have with a vast experience and knowledge uh, that they were able, you know, willing to to pour in and invest in me, you know, as 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 a young, you know, I, I still think a young master sergeant uh, with so much to learn, I think it was an invaluable experience. Uh, you know, and, and I'm truly saddened that, you know, AWG had to had to go away. But but I think the the lessons that they taught me and everybody else that was a part of AWG, you know, is what, you know, we're able to bring back to the Army and and apply, you know, these lessons learned that we saw, you know, through, you know, uh, almost 20 years of service uh, inside AWG, you know, through through, you know, the global war on terror. Uh, to apply the lessons, you know, whether we're talking about joint doctrine or, or anything really, 
So I, I just have to say, you know, for this article in particular, I think it's just a big picture helped me to see the inner workings, you know, uh, at, you know, from from strategic down to tactical and what what those decisions up there, what does it mean for for the soldier on the ground? You know, because, you know, I've, I've lived the, the soldier on the ground experience. Obviously, I have not been up in the, you know, the, the tower, so to speak, uh, making decisions, but I can definitely see the importance of making sound decisions you know, that are based in, you know, facts and doctrine uh, and how important that really is. I really enjoyed reading your article, Master Arnold. I was, uh, it was quite interesting. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a history buff myself, so I enjoy reading that aspect of it and, and how you tie it to, to, uh, to what's going on in the world right now. I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. And the, the lesson in hubris, I think, I thought was, uh, was interesting as well because it's, it, it, it had such influence in, in, World War Two and back in the Napoleonic Wars as well. So I appreciate uh, you taking the time to write this article and and, and making it uh, a pleasure to read. Uh, and thank you for joining us. No, thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate the the invitation to do this and and uh, for for y'all you know, the willingness to to take this article and and uh, from what it was and to to what you see in publication. I, I know that's not an easy task. Uh, for y'all, uh, but I, I really, it, it means a lot to me. You know, it's very exciting, very humbling uh, uh, to, to, to see your work in print and, and to, you know, share uh, stories from the NCO perspective and, and to talk about NCOs and, and the things that we do, you know, because, you know, like we talked about earlier, I just think there needs to be more of it. And, I, and I'm so glad that you guys are doing this podcast and that, that y'all exist for you know opportunities for NCOs like me and others to to get published, to share our story, you know, and, and or just to talk about, you know, NCO things. So I think you guys are doing uh, great things and I really appreciate it. Well, thanks again for joining us and and thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.